Parevces, Urachem Vord Miatselek Metsagrin, Yesaspe Tavit Mezorianem, Tif Mek Ararat Talijits. Welcome to episode 41 of Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Osped David Medzorian, about it at Lodge number one here in Boston. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, here we are again, the end of another year. A time to look back and a time to look ahead. A time to count our blessings, to reflect on those things in our lives that truly matter. Originally, this was to be a Christmas podcast filled with the words and music of this holiday season. And we'll have that just a bit later on, I promise you. But for nearly two weeks now, our brothers and sisters in Artsakh and those in Armenia and elsewhere who love them have been suffering. Azerbaijan has blocked the only access road from Armenia to Artsakh, and they've blocked it both ways, meaning no one is getting into Artsakh nor getting out. For several days, those in Artsakh had to struggle without heat, electricity, and natural gas. And while most of that has been restored, they are still trapped and unable to leave. Their loved ones who were in Armenia and elsewhere at the time of the closure are unable to return home. And to make matters even worse, their food is running out. And the humanitarian aid they so desperately need is nowhere in sight because the people and the trucks carrying that aid are not allowed in. Today, I spoke with two people in Armenia who were both deeply affected by the crisis in Artsakh, and you've met them both on this podcast. Both are dear friends of mine. Father Ara Mizorian is pastor of St. Hovanes Armenian Church in the Tavush province city of Bert. He and others tried to get to Artsakh during the last two weeks, but were not allowed. Father Aram got as far as Sunig province on the southeastern border where the access road to Artsakh is located. Anahid Badalian, whom I introduced you to in February of 2021, is the founder and director of the Bert Women's Resource Center in Bert. She has family living in Artsakh and has been in close touch with them since the crisis began. Anahit, with my eternal gratitude, pulled double duty during our conversation, for not only was she my podcast guest, but she also translated for Der Aram, who was driving back to Bert as we were talking. Der Aram, I know that you tried to get to Artsakh in the last several days, yes. but you were yes. in Sunik. Can you tell me what you were able to see with your own eyes and who you talked to? <laughs> Uh, dear David, we are really thankful and touched uh, by your behavior that you are interested in this small corner of the world and you are really concerned. Uh, so you are a family member of Medzorians uh, and um, they have a great contribution in this uh, region as well as in Tahush, Sionik and the whole Armenia. So we are very grateful for the job you are doing right now, your contribution and your own uh, concerns about the situation in Artsakh. Can you ask him what he has seen with his own eyes and who he's talked to? What has he learned about what is happening in Artsakh right now? I Ugaki Patandarutian Take Gitnavum, Gerutian Meche, Shajapakman Meche, Humanitar Areti Chignajami Meche, but Sa Mein Aruksanazar Artsakinerikan Tiriche, Sa Tas Milon Hayerikan Tirne. The reality is that hundred and twenty thousand people are captivated right now, disconnected from the world. And this is not the issue of Artsakh only. This is the issue of Armenians of 10 million all over the world, because this is not an issue of uh, 120,000 people to be 
isolated, but this is real, uh, something very serious for all over the Armenians. It is very difficult to imagine and uh, especially to sit down uh, and to think that there are people who have no access to food, medi medicine and um, let's say basic things. So we together with Bagrat Serpazan decided to be near to Artsakh, to be close to the these people as much as it is possible physically. Now you were in Sunik, uh, Sunik guys, let me say that correctly, which uh, is really the main and only access road to get to Artsakh. So if you are in Armenia and you want to go to Artsakh, you have to go through Sunik. Tell me what you saw there. What did you see with your own eyes? And did you have a chance to talk to any local families, soldiers? <laughs> Okay, uh, it's already a few days they are trying to be allowed to cross the border to reach to Artsakh, but neither our policemen nor the Russian um, Guard, guards, uh, I don't know how to translate it, and the Azerbaijani part um, don't allow anyone to pass the border. So this is the situation that three gates um, are, um, three obstacles are there, so no one can get to Artsakh, no one can have access to Artsakh right now. Բազմաթիվ <speaking in foreign language> It's a huge depression that in your own country you can't go wherever is needed. There are lots of cars who are stuck on the road who want to transport the food, medicine and all necessary things to Artsakhi people, but they can't. It's already 10 days. All these cars are stuck on the road. And just imagine there are relatives, there are fathers, mothers that came to Yerevan or another regions for business. And now their kids are left in Artsakh and these parents can't see their own kids. They can't even the get back there. They cannot get back there. No. Anahid, no. you mentioned <laughs> families. You have family of your own in Artsakh. Tell me who is there and what have you heard from them? My mother is from Artsakh, from Stepanakert, and so my uncles and nephews are from Stepanakert, Artsakh. So um, even though I'm speaking to them every day, but the depression is quite huge. So these people are kind of disappointed, both from international, let's say, um, organizations that can't help anyway, uh, I don't want to say from Armenia because this is our general pain that we can't be helpful in any way how much we want because this is beyond somehow our power. And what they are saying that kids uh, continue to go to school, you know that um, schools uh, were not having uh, heating uh, for a long time, right. let's say for five or 
well, four or five days and it was really freezing there, over there, even some schools were closed. But the problem is not only the depression, the problem is these people are physically affecting in a worst way that human being can imagine. They haven't access to food, medicine, and I don't know how long they can just hang out there. I, I can't, I read I a can't news, believe it. I can't believe it either. And I read a news account this morning, um, Anahid and uh, Der Aram, that, that in many cases they're relying on citrus fruits, that that's really some of the only food that they have access to right now. Um, has the heat come back? Is the electricity back to your knowledge on a hit, have you heard that from your family? Yes, electricity has come back. Now they have a heating, but again, it's 10 days, nothing has been changed. Um, the road is closed. The parents can't come back to their relatives, their kids, and um, the frustration is growing day by day. Dad Aram, what is it that you and your fellow clergymen and others who are with you, what is it you are trying to do? What is it you wanted to to do when you attempted to get to Artsakh? Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, it turned out that we haven't any mechanism that we can affect on the situation to change it. Uh, it doesn't depend on us physically, but we as a spiritual representatives of Armenian church, we need to be with those families who need our support, psychologically, spiritually, morally. So these people are yeah, really in very, very hard situation, being far from their families. And there is nothing certain, you know, they don't know when there will be a possibility to come back to Artsakh once again. This is the worst thing, and this is not only their issue. This is the issue of each Armenian who need and must do everything to affect on the situation, to make a little change to happen. Not exactly a Merry Christmas for the Armenians of Artsakh and for those who love them and want to be with them, either getting back there or for that matter, getting from Artsakh to Armenia. Der Aram, tell me something. I, I know that this has been uh, a very stressful last two weeks for uh, for everybody, and including here in the United States. We have, of course, millions of Armenians here in the diaspora. They want to help, but they're not quite sure what they can do. And you have expressed the frustration of not being able to help in the way you want. So what can the rest of the world do? What can we here in the diaspora do to help? So this is what we have read in books 
in some old centuries that when enemy wants to win the castle, uh, he make to starve the people. And this is what happening right now. Who could believe that in 21st century, this will happen to us again? So this is one point. And then... I say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, մենք պետք է ուղակի պարտադրենք մեր կառավարությանը մեր պետությանը որտեղ պետությունը պետք է այս խնդիրը լուծի սա ավելին է քան անհատների շոր կարող են բան անել դուք որ ապրում եք սկյորքում միացանալներում այդտեղ դու պետք է ձեր կառավարությանը պետությանը փորձեք ճիշտ մեսեջներ հասցնել չեմ ուզում ստիպել պարտադրել բար օկտագորցել որպեսզի իրենք իրենց դիվանագիտական ցանկներ օկտագորցեն այդպես ֆրանսիայում, ռուսաստանում, տարբեր երկրներում, որտեղ սա պետական մակարդակում լուծվելիք հարց է, սա անհատական չէ, որ ինչ-որ մեկին ասենք այս բանի կարիքը կա։ Բայց բոլորս համախմբած պետք է մեր ձայնը, անհամաձայնությունը բարձրացնենք Հայաստանում մենք մեր իշխանություններին, դուք միացյալ նահանգներում, մյուսները իրենց երկրներում, որպեսզի պետական մակարդակով կարողանան ճնշում գործադրեն ադրբեջանական իշխանության վրա, ասելով որ սա so this is uh, one issue that doesn't depend on individuals. This is an issue that must be solved in a state government or international level. So the individuals can't do anything here. But how uh, one person who is concerned uh, with the destiny of Artsakh and Armenia, what they can do is sending the certain message to their governments, uh, lobbying for Artsakh. So each government um, have a certain message, what's really happening. This is again, a genocide of 21st century because yes. the people are starving there, they are alive and they are starving there. And we can understand how long they will be able to keep in this way. So. I mean, if we can't make the transportation be available in Artsakh to get all the necessary food and first aid goods to Artsakh, then we can't do this now because there are several cars stars, uh, stuck on the road. What we can do is to send certain messages to our governments in Russia, French, um, USA, whatever, in, in what country you live, so your government should affect on Azerbaijan and should condemn the situation they created right now. And uh, at least uh, there will be some sanctions. Uh, finally, this is the solution. Let us hope that that will happen. I'll tell you both what one of the biggest frustrations is over here for, for me. And uh, I, I'm sure for you, Anahid, with your journalistic background, there is almost no coverage whatsoever over here of what is happening uh, in Artsakh. And I'm talking about the mainstream American media. The Armenian press is covering it quite diligently. But if you turn on, you know, CNN or MSNBC or any of the major American networks, you're not hearing anything. President Zelensky was in Washington last night and spoke to the U.S. Congress. And, of course, every network in the, in the U.S. provided live coverage of that. But of the situation in Artsakh, so sadly, there's nothing. And uh, I don't... Yeah. I don't yes, I agree with you. I agree with you because, again, it's a state government thing to do. It's an international uh, thing that can't be solved through individual journalists or individuals who are really doing a lot. That's my point of view. Anahid, I know that you received a video just uh, a short time ago, which really had quite an emotional effect on you. Tell us about what you saw. What was the video about? Yeah, it was quite emotional um, video uh, about the twin brothers who live in Artsakh right now with their mother and father, um, is in Yerevan and can't um, get to their house. And the twins are waiting for their father 
uh, every day, it's already the 10th day, they haven't seen their father, and every day, the same time, they are going close to the door to see if the father is coming, and uh, as they found out uh, he's not coming, they start to cry together, and the mother is trying to encourage them, although it's very hard. I see that it's very hard for their mother to support them because they are um, kind of at the age of three or four. So it's quite difficult to, I don't know, to help them. Well, Dear Aram, I know that uh, you are well aware of uh, the concern of everyone in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan over the situation in Artsakh, one of our own uh, members has, in fact, a few of them have been there very recently. And what I would like to uh, ask of you, and I know that you're driving right now, so I, I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but we have Christmas here in the United States in just uh, a few days and uh, in Armenia on the 6th of January. And yeah. we, we would be honored if you could give us a prayer in Armenian not only for uh, those in Artsakh, but also for Armenians around the world as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Ortniyal, Permed Jesus, Christos Amen, Afpanich, Yev, Huise, Avatatial Neri, Christos Astvatsme, Pahid, Pahpanid, Evortnir, Azgamed Hayot, Yerkire Med Haydeni, Yekeretsir Med Hayastanyait, Եվ մեզ ամենքիս մանավանտերաստված մեր ուժ եւ կարողություն Պարկևիր Արցախում ապրող մեր հայրենակիցներին Սուրբոկով մխիթարիր եւ իրենց բազուկներն ուժ եւ կարողություն Պարկևիր կենքի այս դժվար օրերը հաղթահարելու համար մեզ ամենքիս Սուրբ խաչի մեջ Perkil Azatrev Europair, Amentesa Girevili Yev Anerevit Shnaminerits, Arjani Dartru, Gotiam Paraulukosur Panuna, Hor Yersurpoket Miasin, Aizem Yev Misht, Yefavitianus Avitenits, Amen. 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 Thank you so much, dear Aram and Anahid Badalian, for joining me from Tavush. And uh, I know this has not been uh, an easy thing to talk about, but it's necessary. And we need to let all, all right. of our fellow uh, knights and daughters and Armenians around the world know what is going on, how important it is, and uh, how we can certainly uh, not forget, even in this time of good cheer and holiday celebrations, there are people who are not celebrating right now. I hope that both of you have a very Merry Christmas that you can spend it with your loved ones and that uh, Anahid, that your relatives who are in Artsakh um, will be able soon to travel to an Armenia and for those who wish to go back to Artsakh to be able to do so. And uh, I hope all of you have a wonderful Merry Christmas as well. Thank you both very much. Thank you, David. Thank you also Thank very much. I am so very grateful to my dear friends, dear Aram Mizorian and Anahit Badalian, for spending this time with me and for sharing with all of us their thoughts and feelings on the continuing crisis in Artsakh and the plight of the people for whom we are all so concerned. Another close friend of mine, but on this side of the Atlantic, is also an Armenian priest and a former commander of my lodge, Aradat Lodge No. 1, here in Boston. Nachgin Spadabed Der Antranik Baljan became a knight about 25 years ago and a family connection here. My dad, God rest his soul, Jack Medzorian, was Spadabed at the time and encouraged Der Antranik to join. He and I spoke in his office at St. Stephen's Armenian Apostolic Church in Watertown, Massachusetts, where Der Antranik is pastor. He offered some words of comfort and hope during these difficult times and said the mission of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan is more important now than ever before. The Knights of Vartan is indeed a, an organization 
which brings out the good in people. Since its founding, it has tried to instill in us a sense of belonging to something that's greater than we are individually. And the Knights of Vartan, because of that, has grown to become a very helping organization, an outreaching organization, a generous organization that seeks to help Armenians throughout the world and is doing so even as we speak. The Knights and Daughters of Vartan have become for me the prime example of what the best of people can do in their lives and shows that in in all of their charitable work, in their camaraderie, in their brotherhood and sisterhood, in their social connections, and in all the things that they undertake. And I pray that God will give them success, will grant them ever more um, victories in their fight against evil, against poverty, against the difficulties in Armenia. And it's my sincere prayer that our people in Armenia and in Artsakh, especially at this time, in Lebanon and Syria and throughout the world, will always be the object of the care and concern of our knights and daughters of Artan. You mentioned just a moment ago uh, the situation in Artsakh, which over these last few weeks has become especially dire uh, with the uh, the temporary, at least for the time being, seizing of electricity, of natural gas, and also the road going to Artsakh, the single road being blocked there. I've talked to friends of mine, uh, Darren Tronig, in Armenia and particularly up in Tavush province, they're extremely discouraged by what's going on, and, and it's. I think it's safe to say that a lot of them don't even see a light at the end of the tunnel, if there in fact even is one. What can you say to, to people at a time like this when there is so much division, and I don't just mean over there, but we also are in a very divided country here in the United States for so many different reasons, and so therefore even at this time of good tidings and cheer, people can very easily find reasons not to be. What do you say to that? What kind of support and or comfort can be offered at a time like this? Now, if we look at the facts, it is indeed dismaying that whatever is happening in, say, Ukraine is happening even worse in in Artsakh. Yes, uh, the Russians are shelling the Ukrainians indiscriminately as to whether they're civilian targets or military targets. The Azeris and Azerbaijan are targeting civilians. They're targeting those people that are left in Artsakh. They're targeting our cultural monuments. And they want to erase from that land, the land that they feel is theirs, every trace of Armenians currently or throughout history. So once they have that goal, it's, I mean, we feel so helpless. We can't do anything. I mean, we, we hear... Um, about Ukraine, and, I, and I'm not begrudging Ukraine anything uh, that that is, they're being given, but they're giving it being given advanced weapon systems to protect themselves, humanitarian aid. Uh, there are private organizations that are helping them, and I haven't even seen a blurb in the press in the in the uh, American press about what's going on uh, in Artsakh, and so we feel helpless. Uh, but You know, if there's anything that the Christmas message brings us, it's the message of hope. We cannot lose hope. Whatever little thing we can do, each one of us individually, we should do it in faith and in hope. And eventually together, our little efforts, whatever little effort we can make, whether it's giving a donation, whether it's calling somebody, whether it's letting a friend know about what's going on, we don't know the result that's going to that's gonna have, but we need to be hopeful that all of those little things that we can do will add up to a great big thing somehow. Um, and, and again, the important thing here is hope. Christmas season has brought us the hope of ultimate salvation, and we have to live with that hope that no matter what happens, God is with us. He doesn't abandon us. And as, as bad as things may seem, things may always be better. And we'll be better with our with our um, with our commitment. What is your message to 
the children at this time of year? I know that you talk often to the children of the Sunday school here and the Armenian school, and particularly they're very excited during the Christmas and New Year's holidays, not only because they don't have to have school, but because they get to see loved ones and people that they don't normally get a chance to see and all of that. Uh, What's your message to them? My message is that I think one of the things that all of our children love to um, about the Christmas season is receiving gifts. Uh, I have six grandchildren. I know that um, they break records, speed records, in opening gifts that they are given. Uh, it's unbelievable. And um, those gifts, I tell them, symbolize the one great gift that God gave us, and that was his son, Jesus Christ. And um, I tell them that whenever we are given gifts, we are expected to say thank you and use those gifts in the way that they were meant to be used. And that's the greatest satisfaction of the giver to see that those gifts are utilized, that they're being played with or that they're being worn. And so when God gives us a gift, uh, we have to say thank you to him. And it's wonderful for God to see us using that gift, the gift that he has given, the gift of his son who brings with him uh, redemption, assurance, faith, hope, all of those things. And so when God sees us living our life according to the way Jesus wants us to live, uh, the way that he wants us to live to the extent that he died so that we could live that way. He is very happy. And and no matter how many material gifts we get, no matter how many material gifts we enjoy, we need to first and foremost enjoy the gift of life that God gave us. And that also includes the gift of those whom we had in our lives who may no longer be with us. I think about my father all the time, of course. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, you knew my father, first of all, very well, knocking spot a bed, Jack. Did he play a role in your joining the Knights of Vartan? Yes, yes, he did. He and Der Dajad, and, and uh, your father at the time was the Sparabed, and he and Der Dajad, uh, blessed memory, came and uh, spoke with me about joining, and that it was time to do that. Um, and, of course, my father was knocking uh, Sparabed in Worcester. He had a great role in the Knights of Vartan, and so I thought about it, and I, I became a member, um, and your father brought me into the Knights. So we're both third generation or three generation, part of a three generation Knights of Vartan family yeah, then. That's yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty great. How will you be spending Christmas this year? Um, well, Christmas comes on a Sunday. So Christmas morning, I'm going to be in church on the altar, praising God and thanking God uh, for his blessings. In the afternoon, we're going to my son's house in North Andover with our um, immediate family, and we're going to enjoy uh, the day there with all the grandkids that I look forward to. I look forward to it, and I enjoy it for about 10 or 15 minutes until, <laughs> until <laughs> they start getting very loud. But actually, now as they get older, it's, they go off and they do things by themselves. So it, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. And... Uh, you know, I pray that God bless all the grandchildren, everybody's grandchildren. It's just just wonderful to have and to see the future generations enjoying themselves. And finally, those who will be hearing this podcast are not only our knights and daughters here in the United States, but some of our friends in Armenia, particularly in Yerevan and also in Tavush province. Is there anything that you'd like to say in Armenian yes. to them? Shravor Nordari Ais Yeranagin Medzakuin Batkam Ainevor Jesus Christos Merdera Zanav Yevhait Netzav Mezi Dalohamar Purgutian Huisa Yevat Purgutian Huisugu Sam Tsermeche Yev Tsermech Gabri Gapanagi Yev Tukal Ait Huisov Abrik Teyev Garna Alalvor Tser Vijaga Ais Varganis Tajvare Hesche Jampan, Pait Kitsekwar, Merderi Jesus Christos, Tsezihede, Yev Tsermechne, Yev Irhuisa Vargamana, Tser Hokineru Yev Solderumech, Yepur 
թուկ ծեր հավատքով մոդենակ իրեն եւ զայն փարապանեք եւ ընդունիք իր մեծ բարկևը որցեզի դված է այդ հավիդանական յանք շնավոր նոր տարի եւ սուրբ ծնունդ Thank you Dan Antraneg and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you to your family to your parish here and thank you for joining us on our last Talking Vartan podcast for the year 2022 during our holiday season and May 2023 be a wonderful year for us all From your mouth to God's ears thank you very much David and God bless you and Happy New Year Merry Christmas and uh, God be with you and your family this this year and all at all times My thanks to Dear Antranik Baljin for his kindness, his wisdom, and his time, which you can imagine during Christmas week is particularly busy. We'll hear from him once again before the end of our podcast. We're going to change gears just a little bit now, but still keep with our theme of inspiring words from inspiring people. As most of you know, the Daughters of Vartan has a new otyag here in New England. In ceremonies presided over by the Grand Chairwoman of Akdirui Gloria Korkorian, Suig Otyang No. 33 was instituted in Merrimack Valley, Massachusetts, which is north of Boston, and its Horut, or Council, was installed. The ceremonies occurred in Haverhill on October 22nd. At the conclusion of the event, Avagdirui Gloria Korkorian offered these words of inspiration in welcoming the new Otyag, words that inspired both daughters and knights of Vartan alike. What is unfamiliar to you today will become familiar as you participate in this wonderful sisterhood. Yes, some of our rituals may seem outdated, but when you look at them as rich in our Armenian traditions and history, you will understand them. To quote Spadabed Richard Norsegian, Natik Sherva Shantalich, number six, Detroit, Michigan. October is Armenian Cultural Month. We are fixed on, we're fixed to extolling the glories of our rich history, the golden age of Armenia, our faith, language, history, battles for survival and religious freedom, sacrifices, past accomplishments, and rebirth. Instead of just celebrating our achievements, we need to talk about our commitment to move forward, to advance, to enable our heritage to be passed on to future generations." Unquote. The mission of the Daughters of Vartan is to celebrate and preserve Armenian values, traditions, culture, through service, education, leadership, while fostering fellowship and sisterly love between our members. All of us must work together to support the Knights and Daughters of Artan programs and activities, attend whenever possible our meetings, and most importantly, to encourage your family members, sons, daughters, wives, brothers, husbands, all family members, to become part of the Knights and Daughters of Artan Brotherhood and Sisterhood. We must grow our organization. We need to rededicate ourselves to our mission. The times have changed since 1916, but the need still exists to help our people in Armenia, Nagorno-Karabakh, the Ukraine, and everywhere else in the diaspora where our people are suffering and need assistance. I am quoting from my Midwest Grand District representative, Charlene Apikian. Quote, a proud Armenian must be an informed Armenian, unquote. We as Knights and Daughters of Artan must know our own history and what has been accomplished during the Knights' 106 years and the Daughters' 89 years of active, dedicated service to the Armenian people. Two sources of organization history are the Knights of Artan First Centennial Commemorative Yearbook, and the Daughters of Artan Historical Background Book. Hope is not a wish. Hope is action. Eileen Kamakyan is an example of turning hope into action. She is an author, a chef, 
an angel of suffering in Beirut, Lebanon. She encourages aspiring chefs who hope to open a restaurant by telling them that the people are the most important element in a restaurant to care for the customer and staff as if, they are, as if they're your own children. Her success promised, prompted her to finance, franchise her restaurant, Mighty Little Mother, in Dubai, Riyadh, Yerevan, and the Maldives. She has opened another restaurant in Beirut called Pachik, Kiss. By putting Maidig in every country, I am planting the Armenian flag, culture and history in that country. I am proud of being Armenian, and I want the world to know, to see and feel that through Maidig, I'm Armenian. By August 2020, the explosion at the port of Beirut almost destroyed her restaurant and she lost the hearing in her right ear. Two days later, she began feeding the volunteers who were cleaning up her restaurant. Others showed up, so she fed them. Soon she was in partnership with Chef Jose Andres, the founder of the World Central Kitchen, which is a non-for-profit NGO which provides meals in the wake of natural disasters. If one woman could do that with the AGBU and the World Central Kitchen, imagine what the Knights and Daughters of Vartan can do together. We will continue to build upon our strengths, identify our weaknesses, reconfirm our dedication, and move forward in a modern way that will not change our values or our traditions. Quote, I find so much hope and strength in our history. We went through the worst and we stand, not as victims or as beggars, but as great artists, leaders, courageous business people. It teaches me to take pride in my origins, yet not to be arrogant, to hold on to our values and culture, yet not to be conservative to move forward, yet never forget where we came from." Unquote. Eileen Kamakjian. The, the Daughters of Artan is celebrating 89 years of continu continuous service to our communities, to Armenia, Nagorno-Karabakh. With war raging in the Ukraine, the Avachorut saw a need to provide humanitarian aid to our brothers and sisters there. Armenians have been in the Ukraine since the first century. Their lives are in peril. Many of our sisters and brothers in Nagorno-Karabakh need rehabilitation services for their injuries incurred while protecting their homeland. The Caroline Cox Rehabilitation Center in Stepanagert provides those valuable services. The Daughters of Artan 2022 appropriations were approved for $2,000 each to the Caroline Cox Rehabilitation Center and for the Armenian Diocese of the Ukraine to provide humanitarian aid. Traditions are the bedrock of who we are. You, my dear sisters of Tsuik, are our hope for the future. You bring enthusiasm into our chamber. You bring joy and happiness. You are a breath of fresh air. My Grand Consul, past Grand Chairwoman Yvonne Korkoyan, New England Grand District Rep, Yediskin Pat Butero, and I will work with your Tivan and board and your Didui Susan to help you grow in knowledge about our sisterhood and the good works that we have done quietly for 89 years. Now's the time, and you are the sisters who can introduce the Daughters of Artan to Merrimack Valley. Congratulations and welcome to the Daughters of Artan. My thanks to Avagdiri Gloria Kokorian for letting me share her beautiful words with you through our podcast. It was a wonderful day and I was honored to be there recording it all for history. 
Before I say so long for this edition of the Talking Vartan podcast, I want to take a moment to wish all of you, my brothers and sisters in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and your families, a very Merry Christmas. And I send to all of you my best wishes for a happy 2023. For me, it's been quite a year, a year that has had its ups and downs for sure, but also a year that has had many joyful moments and experiences. The most memorable of which for me was my three-week visit to Armenia this past October. It was in part a working trip, but a trip in which I also had the time of my life. I enjoyed time with my relatives. I visited Tavush province and went to the Baird Multifunctional State College at the invitation of its director, Anna Avalyan. I was honored to be there when the school's faculty and friends paid tribute to my father in a very special way. I was treated to a visual and verbal tour of Tavush by the students of the English language class there, led by their wonderful teacher, Tamara Margarian, who also translated for me throughout the day. I saw the impressive and important work being done at the new eco-center at the Baird Women's Resource Center, aimed at one day bringing jobs, training, and hope to the people of that region, which I love so much. I'm especially grateful to its founder and director, whom you just heard earlier in this podcast, my dear friend Anahid Badalian. I spent two days at the Knights of Vartan School 106 in Yerevan, where my good friends, Principal Marine Vardanyan and teacher Anna Antonian, gave me a private tour, let me participate in an outdoor children's event, and talk to me about what the school means to the students who attend and their families, and also the work of the Knights of Vartan, in particular, Narek Shavashan Lodge in Michigan, in supporting the school and its mission. There were also memorable visits to Yerablur, the soldier's cemetery outside of Yerevan, and to the Armenian Genocide Memorial, Tsitserna Kaber. Now the trip wasn't all institutional visits. I also went to the Hard Rock Cafe, as well as a terrific Irish pub with a journalist friend of mine. And I sang Hey Jude and Let It Be at the Beatles Pub on Pushkin Avenue, which I had dreamed of doing ever since I first heard of the place last year. I also went to museums, the theater, and I walked for miles, which is the best way for me to see Armenia. I want to say Merry Christmas to all of my relatives and dear friends in Armenia, both new friends as well as old, with my hope that 2023 brings, at long last, a permanent peace. I hope you will all check out the new edition of our print and digital publication, Avaraid, which came out this week. It features articles on Suik Otyag in Merrimack Valley, the visit before December 11th of three members of the Knights of Vartan to Artsakh, my visit to Tavush and the honor bestowed to my late father, the efforts of various lodges and otyads on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Armenia, and so much more. You can see it now online at kofv.org, our website, and in your most recent newsletter. There's a link to it. You can also find more Knights and Daughters of Vartan material and information on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. It's all managed by our liaison in Armenia, Gohar Palian, whom you can reach directly at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. You can also reach me here at the Talking Vartan Podcast by email. It's talkingvartanpodcast at gmail.com. That's one word. Talking Vartan Podcast at gmail.com or through the Talking Vartan Facebook page. Before our final musical offering, I would like to offer to you this prayer given by my guest, Dear Antronik Baljin of St. Stephen's Armenian Apostolic Church, Anakin Spanabed of Ararat Lodge Number 1. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
We thank you for your birth among us. We pray you for strength and abundant courage for all who work for a world of reason and understanding that the good that you have planted in every person's heart may day by day be magnified that people may come to see more clearly not that which divides them but that which unites them that each hour may bring us closer to a final victory not of nation over nation but of humanity over its own evils and weaknesses so that the true spirit of your birth and revelation its joy its beauty its hope and above all its abiding faith may live among us in peace and a peace that will go will grow that we may live in harmony and sympathy with others so that we may plan for the future with confidence according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Finally, this musical Christmas offering. It's actually a combination of two songs performed together. One of them is a carol you all know, Silent Night. The other is called Night of Silence. My son Alexander, who performed this piece in a concert just two weeks ago, joins me at the microphone. I'm Osbed David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge No. 1 in Boston. Shnoravor amanor yev surpzununt. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh